Thanksgiving Day is coming. And remember, if you only take a day out of the year to say thank you, what difference does that really make? The goal is to have an attitude, a lifestyle, a perspective on the world that we live in of gratitude. That has been our goal in this series, and it will continue on as we take a different look this morning at gratitude. You know, Thanksgiving is an odd thing, you know, and maybe, maybe you've uh, identified some things uh, throughout the week. You've seen things a little different because of it, you know. Little kid, mom standing behind the kids getting something. Tell them thank you, tell them thank you. You know, it reminds me of uh, <laughs> this little party, you know, when mom was back there. Say, thank you. Did you say thank you? Well, no, I didn't. Well, why not? Because the girl in front of me said thanks, and the lady said, don't mention it. So I didn't. <laughs> I didn't mention it. People of gratitude, we have so much to be grateful for. And the fact is, that the most underappreciated gift of God goes neglected day after day. The most underappreciated gift of God will walk around today and have no idea that anyone even cares, that anyone ever sees. Maybe the work is done in the background, maybe it's done in front of people, and we just take it for granted. Friends, we're going to talk about gratitude here today. And remember, our definition of gratitude is it means to value or regard highly a person, a deed, or a thing, a possession, where we, we, we acknowledge that this has value to us. Last night, I, our dogs were out of milk bones, and it was a horrible, horrible, dramatic event with them whining around the house, you know? And so I ran off to Walmart to get some milk bones for the dog, and I walked in that door. You know they got that big door that goes up in the summertime, you know? Walked around, and, and there, there was a lady there, and I, there were boxes of something heavy, and she said, you there, help me put this in my cart, <laughs> I kid you not. I said, yes, ma'am, I'll be right there. And, and they probably weighed about 70 pounds. They were pretty heavy. Let's put it that way, okay? And I didn't spin them on my finger or nothing, you know? But, but as I, I, I got this thing up, you know, I was about, she says, not that one. <laughs> so I put it down and I said, which one would you like, ma'am? <laughs> and I put it in her cart and I set it down. She said, you could be a little more gentle. And then she wheeled away. <laughs> <laughs> and it was as funny as you think it is to me. <laughs> I wasn't expecting a thank you, but it seemed like there should have been one to follow, you know? But for me, it was just one more evidence of just what an ingra ungrateful society we live in, you know? I mean, you know, we're not good at thank you because thank you to us makes it feel like, well, now I owe you something, you know? It's funny, every guys, you know this one. There's double doors, you know? You're getting there just behind a guy. What do you do? You all know how this works. The guy walks through, but he holds it for you as you go through. So what do you do? Well, there's no way I'm caught in front of that guy. Here, you walk through this door, and I'll wait, you know? We're all about everything's even now, right? You know? I mean, as if thank you somehow means we're in a great debt to someone, it is an acknowledgement of something good and something valuable that they have said or done or given to us. 
Gratitude. We have a lot to learn about gratitude here today, and I'll tell you what, I am loving this study because there's been a lot of poking the chest of going on through here, you know, and today what we're going to do is we're going to look at, at an individual that I think just exhibits what it means to be grateful. And so, uh, so first part of the, uh, the message this morning, we're going to look in at some passages of Scripture, and I'm going to show them up here on the board. But when we come to the last and final, I'm going to ask you to turn there. And uh, the place we're going to turn is in 2 Corinthians chapter 11. So those of you that have a hard time finding places in the Bibles, get going now, okay? <laughs> so today, again, we're going to observe someone who illustrates what gratitude is all about, And when we get to the end, we're going to discover what makes the difference. What is it that brought about such gratitude in this person's life? So here we are. Paul is the individual we're looking at. And our first passage is in 1 Timothy chapter 2, 1 through 12. And what we're going to see here in this study about this individual, it's the Apostle Paul is it, we're going to begin with a command that he has. You know, nobody likes somebody telling something to do so. You should be doing it when they don't do it themselves. But let's start out here and take a look at this instruction that we have to be thankful. Remember, we started this series in Romans chapter 1, and we looked at the result of a culture of people who don't give thanks and honor God. But here's Paul's command to give thanks. And the object of his thanksgiving is people. First Timothy chapter 2, 1 to 2. We see the command to express gratitude here. Paul says, first of all then, I mean, I want to I begin here. This is what sets the tone for everything I'm going to talk about here. He says, first of all then, I urge, and that's an interesting word. I looked it up. And this is a a word that sounds like uh, somebody that comes alongside you and just walks you where you need to be. And this is the Apostle Paul. He says, friend, we got to get you here. I mean, I really want to help you move to a place that supplications and prayers and intercessions and, oh, by the way, thanksgivings be made. Now, we're good at asking for stuff. I mean, we are. And you know why? It's because we're needy people, and God is so good to us. And so God has invited us to come and ask, and to ask big, because God is a big God. God is an awesome God. God's a great God. He says, you're going to have some needs. Come and talk to me. You come to adult second hour, we're going to talk about the prayer that Jesus taught his disciples And we're going to see an awful lot of it has to do with asking for stuff. But I'll tell you what, before you start thinking about asking for stuff, you got to think about when God gives it to you, what's your attitude? And so here's Paul's instruction here in 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1 and 2. He says, first of all, of first importance, before we get going here, I want to remind you that you should be praying. But in that prayer, don't forget to be thankful. Thanksgiving is such an important thing. And you know, it's so dangerous in including that because we tend to get in patterns about everything. I mean, our whole life seems like a circle, you know? We start off on Monday morning, we work our way to the end, we come to the weekend and start it all over again, you know? Our prayers can look like that too. We start them all the same way, we finish them all the same way, and the stuff in between... 
looks awfully familiar from the last time, you know? It's funny how that uh, exhibits itself in this world. I don't, more than one time I've heard some saint asked to pray, and, uh, you know, for a missionary couple or for this great endeavor of a church, and somewhere along the line he thanks God for the food. Because those are the prayers we're always praying. God, thank you for this food, and thank you for this day. And, and it sounds awfully thoughtless, doesn't it? I'll tell you, friends, let's think about it. If we're going to be people of authentic gratitude, we need to think about what we're grateful for and why we ought to be grateful. Take a look at Paul's instruction here. This can blow you away for a little bit here. He says, uh, I want to urge you that supplications and prayers and intercessions and thanksgivings be made. Well, to who? I mean, what's the cause of this gratitude, Paul? He says, for all people. People. The most undervalued gift of God in this world. The people that we see every day. The people that we take for granted. The people we always expect will be there. We've been praying for the Franklin family, and Donna has been, been sick for so long, fighting these tumors and surgeries, and she wakes up one day, and her husband has passed. Funeral is tomorrow. I hope you're praying for that family. Don't count on anything, friends. Be thankful for every day. Every day is a gift, is, is what's on the wall before we walk out, outside. It got put up uh, on that wall by Melanie after I had brain surgery when we realized, hey, there ain't no guarantees about tomorrow. Be grateful about the day that you have and the opportunities behold before you. And it's a great sun. It's beautiful. It's a lovely color. It highlights the, the you know, it's, it's great. But you know what? It's only a sign Writing it out on the wall of anybody, it matters not. It's the living it out that changes a life, my friends. So the command is to express gratitude. And who's included in that gratitude? Paul says all people. And then he mentions specifically kings. Paul lived in a day where... <laughs> Where our leadership looks good, okay? I mean, they were just arresting people and lighting them on fire for their faith. You know, maybe we don't have the privileges that we used to, but nobody's rounding us up, covering us in pitch, and lighting us on fire yet. So be thankful for those people, I guess. They haven't killed you yet for kings and all who are in high places. But Paul says, be grateful for people. That one is so easy to overlook. You know, I mean, we, we, we are a world who has things and stuff, and we get experiences and opportunities going to different places and hearing different things. But what about the people around us? And then Paul tells us why. This is why you ought to be grateful for all of these people. And he, he's, it begins with the, this explanation, begins with the word that. And it gives us a reason. We ever see the word that, it's going to explain a reason. Here's the reason why. That we might lead a peaceful and quiet life, godly and dignified in every way. The odd thing about thanksgiving is not the impact it has on the hearer, but the impact it has on us. When we learn to be grateful, the world changes before our eyes. It's funny, you ever get a new uh, uh, tie or a coat or just some article of clothing? 
and you wear it out, and be, uh, suddenly you begin to see everybody that has something like that. That's almost just like my, you know. Has that ever happened to you? The, the, the truth, the pattern is true with gratitude. When you begin to be grateful for the people around you, you will suddenly discover just how amazing these people are and how valued they are and what God is doing in their life and around their life and how encouraging that is. I mean, I look in front of me. I, I mean, I, I, you know, I'm tempted to just start popping out people of just how you've blown me away with your faithfulness, how careful you have been, how, in, how encouraging you are. Yes, you, you know, and, and I'll tell you, it's not hard to be grateful when you stop to think about it. What is the impact of people in your life? You know, people fighting through difficulties and seeing them come out on top, and you say, yes, I am so thankful they're in my life. And you just begin to see more and more and more. Be grateful for people, and not just people in general. Dear Lord, I'm thankful for people, but I don't want to mention any. Hey, start talking about it. God, thank you for this lady. This dear lady, she's there every week. She's got a big smile on her face. And if that's the only thing that she has ever contributed to the church, thank you, God, for it. There is someone who is walking through life and still has the joy of Jesus. God, thank you for her. Paul says, be grateful. No, don't just wait a, a day out of every year. You can take the weekend off if you get Friday. And, and you know, there's something to be thankful for, friends. It's got to be more than just a holiday. Paul's command. Now, you know what? Again, we started, we say, hey, we don't like it when people say you should live this way, but they don't live that way. Now we're going to do a little investigation into Paul's life. Take a look here at Paul's examples of gratitude. I know, I'm not preaching fast enough. I'm bringing the good stuff. Here it comes. In Romans, Paul's example of gratitude certainly was exhibited to the church at Rome. In Romans chapter 1, Paul began so many of his epistles, these letters to churches, expressing his gratitude, he says, to all those in Rome. And all those who who are loved by God and called to be saints, remember the word saint doesn't mean perfect and miracle express. It just means that Christ has set you apart and it's demonstrated by your faith in him and living for him. To all those who are in Rome who, who are loved by God, called to be saints, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. And there's that word first again. And Paul says, first, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for all of you. And he tells us why. Because your faith is proclaimed in all the world. For God is my witness whom I'm served with my spirit in the gospel of his Son, that without ceasing I mention you, always in my prayer asking that somehow by God's will I may now at least succeed in coming to you. Paul's like, I love these people. I am so thankful for them, and I cannot wait till I get to be with them. A little different than traveling over the holidays, you know. Maybe we can get a hotel or something. You know, that one's too close. Let's get one further away, you know. And we, we say we're thankful, but we don't always live it out, friends. But Paul, he's expressing it every chance he can get, and he tells us why. Notice uh, he also uh, showed his gratitude for the church in Philippi. In the book of the letter to the Philippians, in chapter 1, verse 3, Paul says, 
I thank my God in all my remembrance of you. And look at the words here. I thank my God in all my remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine for you, all making my prayer with joy because your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. And Paul is grateful, and he's expressing it. I am so thankful for God, for Family Bible Church, and the impact you are making in the community, the difference you've made in my life, and I know in the way that you're living out your faith with Christ, you're changing the people around you, and they're having the same effect on you. It's positive, it's negative. You've gone through some celebrations that have made people applaud And then they've heard your stories of suffering and the people around you and you watch the tears roll down their cheek and it says, I love you and I care about you and I feel your pain. And these, everybody, everybody matters here. I mean, don't skip out on us. You're cheating us of you. I don't know. That sounds pretty nice. But you're cheating you of us too. So friends, we all matter. How God is going to use every one of us, every little choice, every bit of suffering and great celebration, how it impacts the people around you is golden. And when you begin to start noticing that and start listing it, and say, here's a guy who loves his kids, and he's doing everything he can for them, and he's praying, he's just begging people around, please, God, get more people praying, please help this boy. You know, I said, here's a guy wrestling for Christ. He wants to change his family. God, help me to be like that guy. I'm thankful for all you people. You all have your own story, and all of them challenge me, and so many of them encourage me. List them out, be specific, and suddenly Sunday looks different. Suddenly, they're not just the back of the head in front of you. You know, people. They all matter. Paul is grateful for the church. He's grateful for the church in Rome and the church in Philippi. We go to Colossae, you know, in verses 1, 3, and 4. He says, we thank God. We always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you. Paul's like, it's not even just me. It's the guys with me. We hear about you and what you're doing and what God is accomplishing, and we are so grateful. And so Paul has this pattern of being thankful for the church. He's given the command, but he's living it out. He's expressing the value they are to him. And it wasn't even just the churches, even for Philemon. Philemon, he says, I thank my God always when I remember you in my prayers. Is that the impact people have in your life? You know, is it it more... God, make that person stop. How about God, thank you for teaching me endurance. God, thank you for training me to help other people. Thank you for the challenges along the way. Thank you, God, that you're going to show me how great you are as you work in this person's life. God, I'm so thankful you've put them in my life. When you really begin to see what God is doing in people's lives, you can't help but to be grateful for them. Paul was grateful, and he exhibited it in every opportunity he had. You know, one of the things I notice is that uh, is, is you don't see those phrases to the church at Corinth. 
If you know about the church of Corinth, you know, they were nothing but trouble. I'll tell you, Paul, half of Paul's letter was correcting them and then teaching them what was right. No, don't do it this way. You should be doing it this way. Answering questions and correcting. You got questions and corrections all the way through this book. But I want you to notice something here. Paul had some struggles. And here we are talking about Paul's concern for the church, how he's expressed his gratitude. But now we're in 2 Corinthians chapter 11. This would be a good time to find that thumb mark you just put in there. You you hunted it down, and here we are in 2 Corinthians chapter 11. And before we look at this, it's good to know some context here. When you think about the book of 2 Corinthians, this letter, remember the context. The context is this, that... uh, that the, the people in, in Corinth were challenging, there were some people challenging Paul's authority as an apostle. I mean, why should we listen to this guy? I mean, you know, some of us have spiritual gifts too. I mean, I'm a teacher. Why don't everybody listen to me? And there was some just real crunching going on there, challenging Paul, challenging his authority. And Paul writes in verse 16, he says, I repeat, let no one think me foolish, but even if you do, accept me as a fool, so that I too may boast a little. You all think you're so special? Well, let's line them up here, he says. I mean, what I'm saying with this boastful confidence, I say not as the Lord would, but as a fool. Since many boast according to the flesh, let's uh, have a few comparisons here, okay? Verse 19, for you gladly bear with fools, being wise yourself. little sarcasm to get to the point. Paul's laying it out here. He says in verse 20, for you bear it if someone makes slaves of you or devours you or takes advantage of you or puts on airs or strikes you in the face. To my shame, I must say, we were too weak for that. But whatever anyone else dares to boast of, I am speaking as a fool, I also dare to boast. Paul says, if it really comes down to this and we've got to take out the measuring sticks and start comparing and contrasting, let's take a look. And this is where Paul gives us some insight in what ministry is like to the churches of Jesus. You know, these churches that he's grateful for, That gratitude came at a cost, and here he lays it out. It begins with some comparison, measuring the pedigree, as it were. He says, are they Hebrews? So am I. Are they Israelites? So am I. Are they the offspring of Abraham? So am I. What have you got left? How about serving? Let's talk about your your willingness and your level of commitment in serving Christ. Are they servants of Christ, verse 23? I'm a better one. And he says, I'm talking like a madman, like any of this matters, like any of it's on me. He says, with far greater labors, far more imprisonments. One of the things that Paul always knew about this ministry from the very beginning is that he was called to suffer for the name of Christ. My small group, we worked our way through the, the book of Acts, talking about uh, the, the establishment, the birth of the church, the establishment, the expansion, and all of these things that the apostle Paul went through to make the gospel known. They're listed here. Look at this. He says uh, five times, verse 24, Five times I received at the hands of the Jews 40 lashes less one, whipped 
Five times they laid him out his bare back. Now the law says you can't do it 40 times, so they always did it 39. As much as they could legally do it, they whipped him five times. Look at verse 25. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. They threw rocks at me. They wanted to kill me. You talk about Paul's gratitude for these churches. It seems that they actually had value to him, didn't it? And how do we know about the value that Paul placed on them for what he was willing to endure for them? Three times I was shipwrecked. Night and day I was adrift at the sea. And on my own people, I'm sorry, and on frequent journeys in danger from rivers and dangers from robbers and dangers from my own people, dangers from Gentiles and dangers in the city and dangers in the wilderness, danger at sea and danger from false brothers. In toil and hardship, though many sleepless nights in hunger and thirst, often without food and cold and exposure. So here it is, Paul's like, this is what it looks like to serve Christ for me. I mean, there are, there are groups of Jews following me around trying to put me to death. They want me arrested. They want me dead. But I keep going. You know why? Because these people matter to me. They have great value. In other words, I am thankful for them. And then on top of it, as if Paul hasn't listed out all of this stuff, Look at how he closes it up in verse 28. And he says, And apart from other things, there is this daily pressure on me of my anxiety for all of the churches. Every day I worry about them. Every day I consider the, the challenges that they're facing, that the wolves are going to come in in Ephesus. They're going to drag these people away. Day after day, and all of this stuff, the hardest, it's apparent. You're busy, and you got work, and the people are nice to you. But what about my kids away in college? What about the temptations that they're facing? Paul says, let them whip me, let them beat me, let them find the biggest stones they can and throw them at me. But the biggest weight in my life right now is these people. The biggest concern I have is these people. And why does Paul find such value in these people? Because he had invested so much in them. Reading through the book of Acts, one of the wondrous things about this is, is you have all these missionary journeys ending up in Antioch, and every time they got home, Paul's like, well, let's go back and encourage them, you know? Paul's, no, we got to go back. Let's get out there. He loved these people. He's like, we can't leave them alone. We need to go and encourage them. We need to get there with, with Romans. He's like, I keep wanting to get there, but I keep being delayed. You know, read the, the book of Romans, 1 Corinthians. You get to the end of the book, there's this long list of, and, and greet this person and that person. Oh, my goodness, and there was that lady who helped us out. And this long list of people whom his life had interacted with and for whom he was grateful. When you invest in people's lives, you begin to see how valuable they are, what God is doing in their life. And you can't help be grateful. Well, let's wrap it up, friends. Sermon in a sentence. 
Here's the instruction to give thanks for the people that God has placed in your life. But don't just thank God. Thank them. Take the time to say, you matter to me. You are a blessing. You are an encouragement. You are a challenge to me. And let them know. And let's see in our habits and our practice of this just how much our view of one another changes. How much more willing we are to get up a little earlier or stay a little later just to make a difference in the people's lives whom we value. Be people of gratitude. Because remember, we always value that which cost us something. That which cost us nothing has no value to us, my friends. Invest in the people around you, and as a result, you will discover how valuable they are, and suddenly you've become a person of gratitude. God, we wrote some thanksgiving on a piece of paper. And the truthfulness of that moment, God, it's, it's not, not difficult to think, what could we be thankful for? What can we list out of things that have value to us? God, I wonder on those cards how many people's names showed up. God, help us to realize that we are all in this together. Placing us in this family is the best thing for us. It's been your choice to do so. God, help us not to cheat others by neglecting it. And God, help us not be so foolish to neglect ourselves by removing ourselves from it. God, may today begin a new way of living where we begin to say how grateful we are for the people around us. Face to face, and God, help us never to cease from thanking you for bringing us here. And I pray it all in Jesus' name. Amen.